BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. John, hi everybody. Welcome. It's Haber Middle Middle Cough. I'm Guy. That's John. It's our YouTube channel and our podcast. It's great to have you. Hit the like button on uh, YouTube. Share the podcast. I would like to raise a toast. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. To Raiders defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who today held the Minnesota Vikings to a measly three points. The rocket scientist Josh Dobbs couldn't get to the end zone. The Vikings were held scoreless for 58 minutes 58 minutes he held him scoreless so i just wanted to shout out i don't do a lot of positive raiders toasts in the tito's toast segment of the show john and uh i saw patrick patrick graham's defense balled out today and i thought you know what i gotta i gotta give patrick graham and the raiders their due incredible performance by the raiders on on do you know the denver broncos are one game behind the kansas city chiefs in the win loss column, I I uh, I did not know that. I knew that Denver uh, was seven and six, which uh, blew my mind. But right, seven and six now. Yeah, seven, seven and six, six. Yeah, and the Chiefs are eight and five or eight and four. Eight and five. Eight and five. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, if I had to give a toast, it, it would go to Jamal Adams. Who, uh, <laughs> if you're gonna rip on people's wives and girlfriends for just doing a yikes on a bad play. It couldn't have started much worse. The the big run from McCaffrey, because he can't play back, which we saw a little later in the game, they have to put him down by the line of scrimmage like a linebacker. Well, he's not built like Drake Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner. So when an offensive lineman touches him, he gets tossed. So when McCaffrey, he started on the side, then McCaffrey cut it back to, if you watch that play. But he gets shoved by Burford, I mean, way out of the play. McCaffrey sees open grass and runs. And then at the end of the play, he misses the tackle. And obviously on the uh, play where they hit Debo Samuel, he's just killing grass in zone coverage, doing who knows what, and Debo runs right by him. He is just... And not closing any ground on Debo either. I, I think that kind of symbolizes the Pete Carroll. Like, to me, Pete Carroll and Mike Tomlin, I, I think are kind of are done where they're at. I think it's both time. It's just time. You know, if you if you're a Seattle fan, like, Listen, I, I appreciate everything you've done for us, Pete. Uh, but it's just I, I just feel like it's kind of time. Like it's just kind of time. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, actually. As someone who's defended Pete a lot over the years for being, um, you know, a lot better than it could be, but arguing, well, it could get a lot worse if we miss on the next coach uh, isn't really good enough defense, probably. And I was watching the game today thinking, would they be better with Russell Wilson? I mean, he'd be overpaid still. And, uh, you know, they'd probably still well, he's better. Than, he's better than Drew Locke for sure. But I even mean with 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 Gino, who can't beat the Niners. Russell, shell of himself, but I know what he used to do. He used to own the 49ers. And I watched him in that game today thinking the Niners kept giving the Seahawks chances to stick around in that game. And I don't think I don't think it would have been much different if Geno Smith was the quarterback, John. We've seen that story. It ends with yeah. the Niners kicking their ass. But, I mean, they couldn't fix – they couldn't maintain their relationship with Russ. They traded him. Great value, fine, all good, like whatever. But I think you'd be better if he was your quarterback. And you're not exactly rebuilding, so what are you doing here? Yeah, but it was – like, to me, you had to pivot, right? I, I, got, I totally They, they chose Pete Carroll over Russ. Part of Pete's cheaper and Russ impacts your, you know, your cap. So they had to extend Russell Wilson. Yep. I, I, they do not regret that. Right. They, they I don't regret do it for him. I wouldn't tell him to undo it. I'm just saying they had a better quarterback who used to beat their division rival all the time, and now they don't. But that this version of Russ is not beating, you know. I mean, last year he scored 11 points, even watching yeah, the day. I, I think that's correct. I think that's correct. But I actually think he'd be the best of the three for them, even though he's not actually, like, on paper better than Gino right now. Yeah, he just the, – the problem is his contract, and you had to extend him. So it's just like – I think it was – it's still a great trade. They just got to – luckily for them, they're going to keep losing. I mean, I, I kind of feel like Michael Penix is going to be their quarterback. Could be. Michael Penix did not win the or Heisman. Or Bo Nix or fucking Jane Daniels. Who knows? Uh, Tito's John distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Uh, we appreciate that. We are uh, on during – at the beginning of Niners-Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys-Eagles uh, right now. So uh, – First place in the NFC could change by the end of the night, depending on how things play out. But Eagles uh, look they're they're in trouble. They don't look great. Cowboys are wearing their little Giants uniforms, which I always love. I think they're some of the best uniforms. And um Jalen just limped off the field a little bit with a neck neck twist. So where do you want to start? You gotta play the hits. I mean, I there's nothing really left to say about Brock Purdy. Like, I mean, his ability to push the ball down the field, like he's just a really good player. Like it's just like it's just kind of, he's really fucking good. Now I, I watching the game today, I kind of understand where the McCaffrey MVP people are coming from. Like I, I get it, one of them. But uh, but that he just has no chance to win it over Purdy, just the yeah. way the votes go. You know, just like the Giants never had a snowball's chance in hell to get Otani. It's just like it was never even an op. It wasn't even an option. But this this can be a conversation, and it happens with a lot of non quarterbacks sometimes during the season, and then they never really get close to winning it. But I, I definitely think like you just watch the guy play and you go, Jesus, guy, this guy's fucking good. Like he's really, really good. And his ability, his accuracy on those schemed plays we talked about forever that Jimmy never hit, he hits him. And that Purdy play that they knew, clearly they knew that Love was going to bite on the Kittle play. Now, Kittle makes it happen to the touchdown, but that's an explosive, at minimum 30-yard explosive play. And they've missed that play for – Years, <laughs> years, and he hits it with ease. Yeah, put him, put it on his shoulder. Twenty-five. I went back and looked at it. It was twenty-five yards in the air. It was twenty-five yards on the run from Kittle. 
the Debo throw was 50 yards in the air, right on the shoulder. And I think what was similar about both those deep balls, and I went to a lot of Niner practices, John and Campbell. What did I tell you? I said the Niners don't hit any of these deep balls in practice. They do not hit deep balls in practice. They didn't do it in training. Practice. Well, they did it in these games. And um, part of the reason was Debo was more open on that ball than he ever was in practice. Debo gets covered better in practice than he does by Jamal Adams. And um, actually, the ball to Kittle, they hit that ball in practice. But the -the over-the-top deep ball to receiver, they don't hit in practice. And I thought watching the throws a couple times, what was so interesting about them, what Brock does really well on that deep ball is the ball's not in the air long. Like, he does throw that deep ball low. He doesn't throw that high arcing deep ball that some guys throw. You go Derek look Hart. at the Debo, th- yeah, like Derek's lollipop. Even Russ kind of threw it high. You go look at the throw to Debo. That ball gets there. I think probably not. You know, his arm obviously doesn't. He doesn't throw it as hard as Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes would. But the ball takes the shortest distance between two points. Kind of what Debo is as a runner, which is not the fastest guy, but I think Debo plays so fast in part because he always has great angles and he doesn't have to slow down really much to cut. And Purdy's deep ball to Ayuk, uh, excuse me, Purdy's deep ball to Debo and to Kittle today. If you look at them, they are like in terms of distance covered, they cover as little distance as they have to, which what does it do? It gives those guys more time when they get the ball to make a move because the DB isn't getting on them quickly because the ball is getting there fast. So I don't know how to measure arm strength. One way might be on deep balls. How quickly does the ball get out of the hand and to the guy? And even though he doesn't throw it as hard, he throws it low. And now the problem with throwing it low, just like jump shooting, remember when Steph started changing the game, there are all these articles about the arc on a shot. And the higher the ball goes, the better chance you have for the ball to go through the basket because you give yourself more space to travel through as opposed to a a, a, a steep descent uh, angle of descent. Well, Brock has a steep angle of descent on those throws, so they got to be on the money. Well, both of them are on the money. Because throwing the ball deep to Debo, you don't have a ton of wiggle room. Like Debo, you're not going to throw it up to him, and Debo's going to chase it down and catch it over the other shoulder. And like he's really good, big catch radius over the middle and on the wings and everything like that. But deep ball, Debo doesn't have a big catch radius. Like you kind of just got to put it on him. And he did. It was perfect. It was. It was perfect. Well, he's just not a deep ball. Th- like he's actually his catch radius, like in traffic, is pretty good, right? Like, yeah, for sure. I just mean like the landing zone on a deep ball to Debo is not big. Now, I, I would say the Kittle play is one. If you're a good NFL quarterback, you just got to hit. Like that's that to me. Like it's in rhythm. It's clearly a scheme play. The Debo play is just a tough play. Like even Mahomes and Allen overthrow that sometimes, right? Just because they have so much arm strength. I, I do think Purdy put as much into that as he can. Like he kind of revved up and let it rip, but he hit him in stride. And because the guys chasing him are fucking slower than molasses, they never had a chance. But like that, that play is, I mean, the Niners have never made, like you had to go back to like Kaepernick before you ever hit plays like that. Like they, they've schemed. Honestly, it doesn't even feel like Kyle would ever even have schemed that play up in the past. Cause it's like a waste. The Kittle one, to me, versions of that. I'm not saying that exact play. Like They've been doing forever, and it feels like they hit at a clip that's very, very small, like 20%. Yeah. And it feels like Purdy's going to hit that at a clip at like 90%. I know. And then, to me, the Debo thing, the coolest part about that play is this: it is just possible. Like, it's just possible. Like, you you watch. Like, at any moment, like, the Chiefs are never out of it because you're like, even these weird wide receivers, Mahomes can make something sweet. Obviously, Josh Allen. You know, all Lamar can really push the ball down the field. You know, Jalen, in theory, when he's healthy, can push the ball down the field. If Purdy can do that, because we know 
you know, the difference between him and Jimmy, like when Jimmy was good, like he was pretty good at the slant routes and he was good at the, at the right, the, the screen plays they like, like they, they were hitting those. They yeah. just weren't doing anything else for the most part and and with any it. consistency. And now he does it. I, I would say, I mean, like clockwork almost. And today he was really, really accurate for the most part. I guess he missed a couple, but it almost looked like miscommunications on some throws. Well, that's the other comparison with, I mean, not to, not that he had, Jimmy is not the standard, but one thing with Brock so far, the interceptions he throws for the most part, there've been, you know, the inner, what was the, uh, what was the bad, the bad pick he threw? Was that the Browns, the, the, the second pick in the Browns game? Or the first pick in the Vikings game was the bad one, right? Turned out post-concussion pick. Yeah. That was the, he, the, the one against the Bengals where the guy was right in front of him and Kyle's like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Remember, it was like a screwed up play and the guy was right in front of him and it was yes. just, that was pretty, uh, Kyle said that was like his worst play of his career. But I would say for the most part, like his picks, kind of like the one he threw today, were just kind of like, oh, okay, something weird happened on that play. Right. Well, the way the way they diagrammed it really quickly and then and then I was talking to Kyle, it was understandable. Because at first I thought he missed him, right? Yeah, I thought he missed and him bad. I was like, "How did he? He was so open. How did you miss him?" Then Greg Olson came to his defense immediately. And, and the, it, it still might be on him. They just weren't on the same page. I, I don't know. It's not like Ayuk looked like he was saying like my fault, right? It might have just said like we weren't on the same page, which is fine. Like that's I, you can live with that pick all day long. Yeah, the point is he does most of his picks are not bonehead or just throws to you. Where did that throw come from? Right, that's he doesn't air, he doesn't airmail guys like Jimmy either. Like that that you could argue that pick with Ayuk, little lucky because the trajectory the guy had to be kind of diving play. He, had to, he got deflected. Yeah, so I mean, I uh, to me the almost got killed killed on the first throw of the day, but but if you're gonna send your tight end over the middle a lot in traffic like three times get, in a row, he's gonna get hit. But I mean, Kyle's fucking running McCaffrey at the end of game, so it's yeah, yeah. It was I mean, I, you know, the, the his, he's on a historic. Pace, John. Look at look at this from a football perspective on Twitter. If I can get it up here, Purdy has 3,500 passing yards on 359 attempts. He's averaging 9.9 yards per attempt. That's the highest average by any passer over the last 65 years. It's a hair ahead of Kurt Warner's 9.9 yards per attempt in 11 games back in 2000. Warner was good, but had interception rate of five percent. Purdy's interception rate is two percent. John, I took the liberty of going to football reference to find the highest yards per attempt in NFL history for a single season. Uh, here's your category uh, leaders. Sid Luckman in 43. Otto Graham did it in 53. And he did it in 47. Norm Van Brocklin did it in 54. Kennedy was alive for all of these seasons. Uh, Ed Brown did it in 56. Then Kurt Warner nine point yard nine point yard uh, nine in two thousand and Otto Graham did it uh, also in in forty nine. So Otto Graham did it three times. The great. So so really the only relevant the person go, in, Otto Graham in a game that like would be Kurt Warner. Like there's no Peyton Manning's, Tom Brady's, Brett Favre's, Aaron Rodgers, Marino's, Elway's. That's the other thing. It's like, and I, I would say the the you know the irony of this list is like I feel like his most vocal supporter on the social media streets. Is Kurt Warner now? Clearly, they know each other. Yeah. I, there's no way that they don't have a relationship here in Arizona. You know, uh, an NFL assistant's. You know, uh, what's his name? He actually used to play for the 49ers. Coach at his high school. I mean, fucking uh, Trey Aikman's former assistant. Like NFL people are just kind of around here. They retire here. They keep coaching. I just think a lot of them know each other. And this guy was a high school player of the year. So it's like I, he has a dog in the race. But like 
what he's saying now is like, how do you even debate it? Like, what are we debating? Because the whole debate always was like, who, who are we comparing him to? If you're going to say like, yeah, he's the next John Elway, like, hey, okay, pump the brakes. Or he's going to be Joe Montana. Like, yeah, we got a long ways to go. But this season, he's fucking unreal. How could anyone debate that? Especially those couple throws today. And just honestly, his whole season. Because he's going to end up, he's 25 and 7 right now. If he gets to like 32 or 33, even if he throws 10 picks, we always say, like, I can live with picks. If you throw 30 plus touchdowns, you can't be the Jimmy like the 13 when you're throwing 22 touchdowns. Yeah, if you, have a, historic, you if you have a historic yards per attempt, just think about that. If I'd come into the year and told you Brock Purdy's going to have the most yards per attempt um, of any quarterback who, you know, wore more than one bar on his face mask ever. I just feel like these guys, the offensive guys really like playing with them. And how, why would you not? It's like, yeah, I really like playing with, uh, you know, Magic Johnson. Johnson. Like, yeah. Pass me the ball. <laughs> so, right, right here. Right, right where It I doesn't want. get any That's even when weird shit happens, it never gets weird. It never gets weird. No. Well. Because he's. He's lived up to those guys putting all their chips in the middle and laughing at everyone this offseason. Uh, I mean, he's he's going to have one of the great 49er seasons of all time from a quarterback. Now, it's it's weird. I mean, their best quarterbacks did play in different generations, right? They, they were not – and they were not – like I think Steve Young's best year is like 35, 36 touchdowns. So right. if, if you're having like the best year in the history of the Colts or the best year in the history of the Patriots, you'd be like – or the now the Chiefs, right? It's, you know, in, in future years – it, it's a little different, right? Because over the the course of the offensive explosion, you know, Kaepernick was never throwing for thirty touchdowns. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo never was either. So th- you're not attacking guys that with you know forty spots up consistently <laughs> in, in the prime of their careers. But still, it's it's really really impressive. I mean, he's a lock Pro Bowler, the true one, not the fake one. And he's just, I mean, continues to be in the MVP conversation. Now, is he the MVP of the league? It's also, you could say, inflationary times, like deflationary times of MVP candidates. You know, it's not like there are four guys. There's not like two, you know, a Peyton Manning season while an Aaron Rodgers season and this guy where you'd be like, okay, those guys. You just look around the league. Like, who's – Mahomes is definitely not winning it this year. Josh Uh, Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, all the guys. Yeah, Lamar. No, no, no. Jalen Hurts, no. Lamar did have some moments today where you're like, yes, might be the best player in the league today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but, you know, winning the award doesn't actually mean if there was a draft, would you go number one overall? He was 70%. Historically, a lot of times, though. Yes, you know. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but, yeah, you're right. But even if Dak wins it, I mean, he was 70%, John, 19-27, 368, two touchdowns a pick. Crew high. 122.1. Do you get credit for the IU play or no? Do you not get any yards on that? You know how that works? What? You know, on the IU fumble? When IU fumbles, oh, yeah, you get yards? Absolutely. That counts. You, so, so you get it up to the point where he fumbles? Yep, for sure. And IU, does IU get credit for the catch and, and yep. the yards? Yep. Okay. I was, yeah. I thought that, I think. But, but then you see the NFL. You, sometimes, you know, you never know. NFL rules are weird. Things get wiped out. Like, why does why does uh, Ronnie Bell's hold equal the late hit? When you when the hold happened past the line to like to me you should get the first down then the hold you get penalized backwards from I mean the the low block where he slipped and fell <laughs> he slipped and hit the ground now he I, he was going to take him out yeah I think when he wasn't would you that think, have been a you block think he was going to have any legal block anyway well was that going to be a block in the back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right ball don't lie on that one yeah I think 
the sad part is, is that is, I mean, non-field goal, which I'm sorry, I, I don't I don't count making a field goal as like a special teams play. Like I do a punt return, a kickoff Dude. return, a block punt. I think that's the greatest non-field goal in the Kyle Shanahan era on special teams. What uh, say you? Um, he just took off. He was untouched. He was flying down the yeah, sideline. You- it was fucking incredible. All right, I'm convinced. When do they ever do anything remotely close well, to that? It wasn't even called, I don't think. After the game, Shanahan was like, well, I don't know. Maybe he bobbled it. I don't know why he took off. I haven't talked to him yet. <laughs> I think he just saw just green grass. Yeah, it was, he, you know, worked outside of the structure. Do you know what I could see? I could see Schneider, the new Hightower. Him and Wisnowski. I mean, what are they doing all week, right? There's got to be some downtime. Like sitting there, maybe, you know, a little after lunch snack, kind of bullet bullshitting over a couple Gatorade zeros and go, you notice I, I – this guy always bites, but I can't tell Kyle because he will never allow me to do a fake punt. But here's what you do, Mitch. If you see him go, and you better make sure you fucking see him go. But if he does it, run, baby. Because I feel like that's one where Kyle won't, he's Kyle a, won't let he, me call it. But he's had enough screw ups where if he brings it, like Kyle's like, oh, we don't need it this game. Like we're this, we're not wasting it. We're gonna be winning. Don't do it. And I, I wonder if they saw and they just kind of kept it, went rogue in the sense, like a good rogue. Right, right, right. Now, the problem is if they Kyle with this one. He doesn't what if they went rogue anyway. and the dude coming off the edge had done a spin move, tackles him, fumble? You know, it, it could be fire Brian Snyder. It's pretty risky. It is. <laughs> Maybe but just right, Mitch right notices on his own. Right now, his special teams is like bottom 10. So he's trying to trying to save his job right now. Just well, you know. returns are awful. I mean, <laughs> beside the, the punts, returners. Yeah, they just Debo returned. Why? Did he? Yeah, Debo had a couple returns in the game. I guess he'd be like, here comes Debo, and he gets to the 20 or the 25. Like, all right, let's not do that. Get on the prize picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to one hundred dollars. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball too. I've got some season long, more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but. I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night, I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. 
and they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered... Can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone and you can search any event concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you when you use the promo code, Ham, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Uh, Purdy, listen, listen to, so I just told you Purdy was, all right, 70% and 368. Let's just go through a few of his last games since, you know, his his career looked in jeopardy in Cleveland. Uh, 70% 368. Philly, 70% 314. Thursday night, Seattle, 70% 209. The Tampa game, 84% 330. The Jacksonville game, 73% 296. The Cincinnati game, the loss, 71% 365. The Minnesota game, the loss, 70% 472. He has not had a game under 70% since the Cleveland game. And he has had uh, – he started the season with three straight games under 70%. He's only had one game under 70% since. My only question for him, and he's not really going to be able to ask it more than likely this season, but just in the future and moving forward, is like when you watch that Rams – uh, Lamar game today. Yeah, it was just a hard hitting in a downpour, like a little, just the NFL, right? And he's played in one of those games this year against Cleveland, and he didn't quite look himself. And that to me is like, now you're just part of the geographically where you play. At most, you're going to get two of those a year, right? So it's not like you're going to have seven, eight of those. It's not you don't play in home games like that, really. So. And the Cowboys, who are going to be good for a while, have a dome. The Lions are going to be good for a while, have a dome. So some of the playoff teams, even if you're on the road, dome, Eagles would be the one team 
that w- could look like the Ravens game today. I mean, literally, it probably would have right there. I mean, they're separated by the 45, 50-minute drive. But, like, that, that to me is my question. Other than that, like, you got to feel pretty good. But that is a different level of football when it's 20 degrees and raining. Like, is he making those plays? That, that to me, is the fair, big-picture question that, like, we're not getting answered this year. Right. right. And we're not even even in the playoffs. Like, guy, if they're the number one seed, we'll be irrelevant. The Super Bowl's in a fucking dome. But that's just a big picture thing that if you truly are gonna have like a above board argument and not just like try to stick with your take, like that, I think that's more than fair. Like, can he do that? Like can he go toe-to-toe with Matt Stafford in that game getting rained on, pelted? Cause like Stafford today. That game is like I get what this is that forty five million dollar player. Yeah. Now he like, does like the he doesn't got up like, holding his ribs. Was that yeah. throw a cup? I was like, oh my he god. He made a couple throws. I was like, oh the Nakua the Nakua throw and catch was ridiculous. But just in the rain, getting peppered by Clowney and three other guys that look like Clowney, you're just that, that's the only question. And I don't question Purdy's toughness. I just question getting peppered in the environment. But for the most part, when you play for the 49ers, like. You just don't play in that many games like that. Like it, I, I think it would be a much bigger question mark if he was the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Yeah. During the game, Burkhart, Kevin Burkhart said something like, you know, at this point, if you don't believe, what are we arguing about or something like that? And I think, like, the thing that you just asked is really the only thing he can answer right now. That and, like, late-game comebacks, you know, he hasn't had any of those. Really, or hasn't had many of those. Well, he's a lead a lot. Yeah, he's got the lead all the time, right? But, but the, uh, you know, I'm very pro Purdy. I think that's pretty clear. It's been pretty clear. But I also think the other thing that I would say, it's not even anything specific with him. It's as simple as careers are made over the course of careers, not over one year, not over 18 games, right? So if like I was having the debate with Burkhardt, I'd say I agree with you, Kev. That's what his friends call him, Kev. I agree with you, Kev. But uh, you know there just are going to be debates about players until they do it for two, three, four, five, six, seven years. Everybody thought that Trevor Lawrence, there would be no debate. And all of a sudden we'll see, like, we'll just see what he, does he turn into a solid franchise quarterback or is he truly a hall of famer? He's not tracking towards hall of famer right now. Now, maybe that's other factors involved around him, but LeBron James had legit arguments like eight years into his career. Yeah, but he's, one but I'm saying championship, John. Arguments are over. But <laughs> I don't I, want to hear until, another word. Until he won the championship, raise that Miami, banner. Until he won the championship with Miami, and that was like yeah. seven, eight, nine years in. Like this is Peyton Manning had legit arguments up until he won that Super Bowl in whatever 06, 07. and yeah. he was already all famer before that. But yeah. it's like, well, what happened when, the, when Brock won the Super Bowl this year? He better because this is like they are now. Like, it's Super Bowl or bust. Let's face it. Like, anything less than a Super Bowl when you're this good is a disaster. Now, they had they dropped like flies today. The Greenlaw thing, clearly, he just kind of got taken out. He was fine. But Charverius just disappeared early, and that's clearly not good. Right? Well, he's, he's got a, he's got a faulty groin. Yeah. So, and what's Jayvon his name? Hargrave. Hargrave left with a hamstring. Like, to or me, my take is immediately these guys are not playing this week. But it's easy to say that's not the way the NFL works. So, it's like – it's pointless to even say that because it's like I could make that argument, put him on ice, and I would, but that's not if Hargrave can go, he's gonna go. It's the National Football League. This isn't fucking peewee football. This isn't your fantasy team. This isn't this is the way that they want to play. Like if I'm Javon Hargrave, I work all, nine months for the NFL season. I get 17 of these, and I the doctor says I'm good to go. And I'm like, no, let's just wait for the next game. That's just not how these guys are wired. 
Tarverius I, didn't I, play in the game either. Yeah, he's out with like a knee and an ankle and a foot. <laughs> like it helps on the way, <laughs> John. They signed Jason Verrett to the practice squad. <laughs> that, the one thing that they really hang their hat on, which you feel really good about, is like when their defense is healthy, it's pretty dominant. They they are just pretty a little nicked up on that side, I, I would say. Yeah. But offensively, they're as healthy as they've been, and they look elite. But to me, to just feel very good about winning the Super Bowl. Like you, you need to be healthy on defense. Now, luckily, that's why the one seed's big. You get the bye. But you watch the Ravens today. Like, let's say that's the Super Bowl, and we get to see it. Let's just we don't even need to go to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Like that's gonna be the, the Ravens will fucking show up to hit you hard too. Like that's gonna be a right. That that's gonna be like a Cleveland Brown level physicality game. At least I don't know how it's gonna play out. But going into the game, both teams are gonna be like this is a fucking heavyweight fight. Well, you did get like a D line in Seattle that got after Purdy today, right? Like he did get hit multiple times, got hit in the arm as he's throwing. Reed and Williams are good players, right? They traded for yep. Williams, the dude Reggie McKenzie passed on rightfully. So for Amari, even though he traded him kind of maybe Gruden did, but like that, that, that guy, I mean, they traded whatever second round pick this year for him. Like he's, yeah. he's a starting, like he'd start for the Niners. Right. And Jerron Reed. I've always kind of liked that guy, Alabama. Like their D tackle, honestly, their edges kind of suck, but their D tackles, like if you're dropping back to throw and you got some good interior rushers, it's not like Brendel is Jim Otto or Jason Kelsey, right? I mean, Burford, sometimes you're just kind of going like that. And the guy's it's like, Jesus. And so I think that's why Kyle goes, well, middle cop, that's why I don't go five wide and throw it all the time. Our offensive lineman, we got Trent, and then we got a bunch of other guys that are much better in the play action game. Because someone tweeted at me, how's it possible to slow down this offense? I said, it's pretty clear. You destroy their run game, and it throws everything off. When you destroy the Niners' run game, because they won't just be like Andy Reid, oh, yeah, I'll just, we're going to throw it today 50 times, or the Bills. That's just not how the coach is wired to call a game. So whether they could is a different story than the way that they will do it. He'll just stick with it, because all his sweet fucking plays on pass in the pass game typically come out of the play action, right? Yeah. What yeah. happened on the Kittle play? It was like, boom, 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 and the guy kind of stopped. Right, it's why because I thought like, did the Niner jump offside? What just wears that flag? And then you see clearly the dude bit because he thought he was getting to McCaffrey to come make a tackle, and then he's got to hold on to Kittle for dear life. So Kyle, but that's wouldn't you say the majority of Kyle's scheme plays that Jimmy always missed and now Purdy hits are typically a play action pass, even if it's quick. Oh yeah, without question. So I mean, go ahead. So like to me, the only way to have a chance to stop the Niners. So Cleveland give them trouble is dominate the run game. Like where it's just 10 yards at half or something. It's like really throwing them off. Because if, if they're hitting runs, I mean, <laughs> second, was that the first play of the game or second play of the game? First play of the game. You just and knew. Mason ran it in for the score because Christian had to Oh, yeah, because it was two plays touchdown. Okay. It was, I was a little late. Those 205 kickoffs. I know. The 05. Come up on you fast, especially when the other games, for whatever reason, are going way slower. So your mind is like, well, I still got seven minutes left to Jacksonville Brown. So it's like, I've still got 15 minutes of the Niner game. And then all of a sudden you turn on, I see McCaffrey getting hugged. Like, what just happened? Uh, but like <laughs> when, when that play, when I turned on the game and he was, they had just scored. Even when it got weird, I thought, eh, it's this team, no chance. Because the Niners are always going to be able to run it. Yeah, yeah. This team could, was not going, no matter how weird it got, was not going to get them. But yeah. to, to me, if they could, like today, they ran for 173. Now, 70 of those. But even if you remove that play, they're running for 100 yards, which means they are 
even if they're averaging three and a half, four yards of carry, he's going to run it relentlessly and it's just going to wear you out and it's going to lead to the passing game. If you yes, tell so- me that like in a playoff game, things get weird, how many yards would they have? I'd be like, ah, uh, 70, 80. Yeah, I mean, it still would have been, what'd you say? Uh, they ran for 173. 173. So take out McCaffrey 72 and instead of 23 carries make it 22 and just say it's 100. Oops. So it's, you know, whatever, five yards a carry. 4.5. Yeah, so 4.5 yards a carry without that run. Tebow's on fucking fire right now. He is, man. He's got five <laughs> touchdowns the last two games. And I, and you know, I was glad. I thought, I don't know. Did you, what did you think when Greg Olson was like, you know, I know Shanahan doesn't say that he, he, he like schemes it for a guy on a particular play. He's not trying to get the ball to a guy on a play, which is true on pass plays, but on run plays, he got Debo the, the running touchdown after Debo almost scored on the pass. Would have been, you know, would it Purdy would have had three touchdowns if if Debo had arms like, you know, three inches longer. But that was a really good play by Brock, right? That was Brock steps up, moves right, throws across his body over the middle, then Debo breaks like three tackles and almost scores. But that to me was a classic, like, yeah, that was a yak play on paper, but Brock made that play outside. That was not a play action setup. That was Brock just had to step up and make a play. Dangerous. Brock not afraid to throw it over the middle in the baby zone. Uh, but he made the play. I mean, it was a really good play. I thought the way Olsen described the uh, the touchdown to Debo over Jamal Adams was like the best I've ever heard an analyst you know, because the Maddens and the Gruden's just start hooting and hollering. It's like they're not truly like breaking it down. Like he broke that down of when you go three wide receivers on a side, that that safety you have to scream out, watch for that. Like that's a go-to route against that coverage. Okay. But the way they did it is like McCaffrey was the third guy, and he ran a fake route, and they used Debo as the number two instead of the number three. It's like how you count him as a defender. So they were clearly all fucked up. Now, even if Jamal had started running, he can't run with Debo, but he was, he clearly was looking at the other route. Like they, they knew that they could get him there. Like, to, so to me, that Debo play and the Kittle play are specific scheme stuff against their aggressive safeties. Like their two safeties want to hit, right? They want to go down. They don't want to go back. So, like, in fairness to Jamal on that given play, it could have been Ronnie Lott. If you break down, the guy's going to get behind you, right? It's you have to not, you know, you know, break your quote unquote rule. Like there is a guy covering him, but it's hard. Yeah. And they got him red handed and it was an easy, it's one of the easier touchdowns I've ever had in the passing game. No, I'm like a, a break screen where no one touches you, like a down the field. Might be the best down the field pass execution of the couch hand hand air. I mean, Debo doesn't ever get that type of – rarely, I should say, get that type of separation. Jamal wasn't going to catch him. They could have run for 100 more yards. Jamal Adams wasn't going to catch Debo. Could be like Forrest Gump and just keep on going. Yeah, I mean, he's, he looks fast, especially on that play. The other thing I think when you – the comment you made about, you know, sometimes it feels like they can throw it every play. I think Ayuk is open almost every route he runs because every time he gets the ball or just has the ball in the vicinity, he's open by – like Ayuk is open by a lot a lot of the time. And I have a feeling he's open even more than you probably see when you watch the TV copy. Yeah. Well, I think he's right now probably – it's hard. Devontae's, you know, this is what you chose, buddy. I don't feel bad for you. 
But, you know, forever he was like best route runner in the league. And it's not like he sucks at route running now. It's just a joke with, you know, his offense with the quarterback. But I think Devontae Smith and Ayuk are two guys that like no one's covering because their ability to like shift in and out. Mm-hmm. I saw some people do clips last week of Devontae against the Niners. Where it's like, God, he's just, he's just so shifty. And I think Ayuk has really turned into probably a top two or three route runner in the NFL. Yeah. Somebody tweeted me today during the game. I thought it was it's kind of what you said. They said he's replaced Devontae as as the most aesthetically pleasing route runner. Um, I do think if you just put Devontae in Ayuk spot, like it would look. I mean, well, Devontae's a better player. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, there, there, there are looks on the there, there, there are just guys. You know, Keenan's getting old now, but forever. Just they're just ability to like in, out, right, left, shift. That what, what are you gonna? Unless you're Deion Sanders, no one's covering you. That's why these most corners are just screwed. It's why these wide receivers come in. I do kind of understand when you get good at wide receiver, why it's easy to get cocky. Like no one, no one stopped me. Like even if I have three catches, like I was open all day. It's not my fault. Yeah. Also, like if someone's near me, throw it to me. I'll go catch it. Right. That's what like the yeah. tall guy. Like if you're Devonte or you know the Randy Moss. But even I, I, you had the one today that ended up being a fumble where he kind of caught in traffic. Like he's, yeah, that he's was, got the Debo quality now that he catches the ball in traffic. Yeah, he did take a hit on that. That's what made it weird at the end of the first half that Shannon, like, given how explosive these guys can be. The hell was that? Kyle, Kyle kind of said after the game, he's like, well, I didn't quite understand. The, and I asked the ref, he's like, I didn't understand why the clock started running. He didn't know the clock was going to run before the snap. So there's 55 seconds. Locke makes an illegal pass. The officials say the Seahawks have decided not to have the 10-second runoff for an illegal pass. The Niners then don't decline the penalty to add 10 seconds to the clock and don't call a timeout. And Kyle, he kind of said, like, we all all thought that the clock Clock was was going to start. Yeah. and he Until he he snapped it. Until the snap. Right. But the clock just starts running. It was actually bad clock management by Seattle because Seattle snapped the ball with seven seconds on the play clock on second and 13. There were 28 seconds left. So they killed like, what, 17 seconds before the snap, which Kyle and he said, he's like, I asked the ref after and the ref was like, yeah, it's that is a comp. It's a weird rule. But in that situation, we do run it. So I think he didn't say I think he kind of admitted like I wasn't that wasn't what I was trying to have happen because I think he was thinking. They'll run got away from him. Got away from him then. Got away from him. <laughs> and when he explains it like that, the logic makes sense, right? They're going to snap it at 45. I don't know why he wouldn't have declined the penalty, but whatever. They'll snap it at 45. We'll call a timeout. There'll be like 40 seconds left. It'll be third down. They'll run a play. We'll call another timeout. There'll be 35 seconds. Then we'll still have a timeout and 35 seconds getting the ball. So I, I understand what he was thinking. Like, ultimately today, it doesn't mean anything. It just wasn't going to, especially the way that. But if you look, choose the Rams as an example, they got bit hard by fucked up timeout and a delay game in overtime. Like that does make you nervous in a Ravens game. It it is everything. End of first half or the end of the game. Like we got to be on our P's and Q's, everybody. But we cannot have these today. It was never going to matter. You could say they always felt like this team was always like right on tilt of any moment. I mean, DK's been having penalties all year long. And even Pete's been talking about, I've just seen quotes over on Pro Football Talk over the course of the year. Like he's got to calm down. He's got to calm down. And clearly he went over to talk to him at the end, you know, toward the end of the game. He's like, what? what?" He wants to probably just kill him, but it's just, he's one of his best players, kind of screwed. And then you got, you know, Jamal is just such a flawed guy. 
So you have to defend him, yet he's such a flawed player. You know, it's like, what And you, like your GM invested a lot in him. So it's like they're two guys that they're paying the most money are just so flawed. One's a complete head case. I, I kind of love the way Lenore's kind of come on as kind of a crazy green law. Just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing, right? Like the situation at the end of the half, Lenore getting tossed in this game is irrelevant. Like it's, he didn't deserve yeah. it, but whatever. But yeah, DK, he had it against the Bengals. I remember the Rams game. I think he got McVay wanted him tossed out of the Rams game. I remember. This is part, this goes back to like Ayuk when you think like, well, you know, you get any receiver in here. DK already earlier in the game had slammed his helmet and broke one of the uh, helmet heaters on the back of the bench. Like, just think about what your what your elite receivers do, right? Stephon Diggs is. Is that why Olsen's like, I bet his helmet's cold now or something? Yeah. <laughs> Stephon Diggs has tantrums. AJ Brown, who's great. I mean, you take AJ Brown in a heartbeat. He had the game early in the year. I forget who they were playing, where they were just pounding the ball, running the clock out. And he threw a tantrum on the sideline because they didn't throw him the ball. Didn't so he yell at Jalen? Yeah, he was. Well, Sirianni had to come calm him down. Jalen like walked away. So then they started throwing the ball and almost who was that early in the year? They let him back in the game. It was a weird, weird opponent, but it was a primetime game. Like Ayuk, I was trying to think today. Ayuk and Debo have gotten into it with the opponent, but have either of those guys ever like thrown anything even remotely close to a tantrum on the sideline? No. I feel like Debo maybe slammed his helmet down one time, maybe. But 49ers don't really have tantrum, guys. Well, exactly. So when you're like, well, Ayuk, you know, nobody is advocating at this point to get rid of Ayuk because you can't pay. Everyone wants to pay Ayuk, everybody. But part of it, part of the argument to pay him is even even if you get a guy as talented as him, even if 50-50 shot that he's going to be kind of nuts, right? Because that's what happens at that position. Yeah, they – Pete's thing all this time, right, has been we're going to be able to walk the fine line of have, being a little crazy, and they're not walking, they're not winning enough to walk that fine line. They're not, yeah, they're not good enough. They're just not good enough. And it's like, you know, the, the players themselves. Jamal's not good enough to be that guy. He's not. No. No. Well, he's not, even if he was not making fun of a guy's wife that wasn't even that ugly, it is not. It, I think it, she, it, it, she should have tweeted today. Yikes. That would have been if I was like her PR manager. If she had hired somebody for crisis me, this week, let's say let's let's remove Jamal and just pick another like a Jalen Ramsey who screws up and gets beat. Like I I could understand like fuck you guys, right? right? But Jamal, you've been getting smoked for years. I mean, it's like the it's like the running discussion with you. It's like you can't cover a soul, and then literally you're just getting smoked in all these games. Like I, I get if you're a good corner, you're just like okay, I get beat sometimes. It's it's football. It's another. This guy consistently gets smoked, smoked. Yeah, and uh, and you got to defend him, like because what you you can't. We're gonna bench him over it, and you wouldn't. It's not like they think that long and hard over. It's like we got to deal with this with this guy. Can't we just have twenty two Tyler Lockets? And the answer is oh, no. you're in Seattle right now. You used to be in New York. You can't handle this. How'd you handle that? Maybe he didn't. He didn't. That's why he wanted out. Funny thing is, I watched DK's press conference this week. Did you see any of it? So, it, however long it was, say 15 minutes, 13 minutes of it was about how DK's learning sign language. So he doesn't get in trouble, right? On the. Isn't that because he, he. Well, because he used to get in trouble with a celebration. Oh, I, I saw him do a thing. He signs today. it now. Oh, okay. He, he signs he, it now. I, it was. It was like, but you just watch it like, oh, this guy's. This guy's sharp, man. High level guy. And maybe he is, but he cannot control his emotions on the football field. Well, but, but that's not. I mean, some guys can't. 
That's true. I saw Dante Whitner on my timeline today was like kind of calling out Dre Greenlaw that he's got to kind of come back closer to the the center because teams and as these games get bigger are going to isolate you and do things right like as you would to Draymond you start needling 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 knowing the guy will break I think that's what people are doing at DK now yeah what right? did like, Greenlaw do today that was near the line this was before the game. He just oh, okay. said, you have to be very careful, like the suplexing thing and like kind of being in this day and age that these teams then are going to pick on you to start doing stuff and get you in trouble. So yeah. it's like, which obviously the teams he played on, you know, he would have fit perfectly on those Niner, you know, the Dante Whitner teams because there weren't any rules. But now these rules, right, because ultimately for everything that happened with Sandro and Greenlaw – is it did start with a suplex of a guy that weighs 150 pounds. Like he easily could have just held him there or whatever, yeah, but he's, yeah. you know, that's, if that's, let's say that's a playoff game and that same thing happens, I'd say 99% chance the flag gets thrown. Even I hate it. I wish it would be old school. The, the rules are the rules. Kind of. I thought the flag he, he's did been, get thrown, but he's been, and maybe it did, but he's get he's been flagged on the suplex countless times. Well, he had a tackle on. He's specific, I think Dante was specifically talking about suplex slamming guys down. For like, sure. Just watch the NFL today. Like that, that physical rant, there's a lot of just kind of hold them up, hold them up. The problem is him. Fred's kind of like this too. They're fucking flying in like crazy, man. So it's 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 hard. Like your momentum. I think a lot of guys like, I'll just get back to the next play and kind of hold them up. I see that all over the league. Yeah. The Niners at any moment feel like seven guys are going to fly at your head. He had a tackle of Drew Locke today that on the third down run. I thought he was going to slam him. But Locke's just big. You know, if that was Bryce Young, he would have. He yeah. would have done it. Ravens, by the way, scored 30 overtime, the walk-off touchdown, which, you know, also just a matchup. That's a little scary, the special team for them. They scored 37 today. And it was, I mean, would you say, how, how I was in and out on that game. Was it raining the whole game? I mean, it, it, no, but it was, it was just your classic kind of just dreary, dark, felt a little wet, but not wet where you couldn't, I mean, these guys were throwing the ball fine. Lamar um, ran for 70 and threw for 316. He was fucking incredible. Like, incredible. In a vacuum today, no one just made more. Josh Allen made a decent amount today. I thought Lamar was just, I mean, Aaron Donald is probably flying home right now thinking I should have had 10. He was all over him all day long, but he just couldn't, you know, he'd do, and then Lamar do a 360 and leap over guy. And then you go like this to Zay Zay Flowers. That, that guy, that guy's good. That, that nine of Raven game has got a chance to be, uh, Pretty excellent. Yeah, which is where you need you need, you know, you need Eric Armstead. You need Mooney Ward back healthy. I'm with you. I mean, you go to the Cardinals this week. Cardinals are coming off a bye. So the Cardinals are gonna be whatever, a healthy version of themselves, whatever that means. But chasing down Kyler, you know, regardless of what the Cardinals are, chasing down Kyler is just it's it's an potentially exhausting week yeah. to play defense right before you're gonna have to do it again. Maybe I don't know. You could argue there's is is he like warm up for Lamar, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, pro- actually, it's not a terrible, I, you know, thought right there to get some reps. I mean, Kyler's just let's face it, since he's come back from the injury, he does look pretty good. He does. <laughs> he does look pretty good. I, I don't think he looks Lamar good. Now, part of it is their team. I've watched decent amount bits and pieces of them. He is throwing. They he does not have DK Metcalf. Jackson Smith and Tyler Lockett. This their their crew of characters. You're talking about the Cardinals or the Ravens? I'm talking about the, the Cardinals. Yeah. It's the Ravens are much more explosive because Odell's now solid. Say Flowers is good. 
that they got a young running back who's pretty good. To me, the Cardinals, Kyle's just running around throwing probably people that he, he played with better players in Oklahoma and Texas A&M. But I do think he's – you're going to go into this week. He's going to be their starting quarterback next year. And rightfully so. I mean, he's, they're not going to have the top – well, I guess they – I don't know how many more games they're going to win. I have to look at their schedule, but oh, – I got it right here. They go Niners, Bears, road game Bears, Eagles road game, Seahawks at the end of the year. So they could lose out pretty easily. At most, what would you say, one win? I would say, well, they couldn't beat Seattle week 17. They couldn't win at the Bears after they play the Niners. Yeah, okay. They they got two possible wins. If at you were best. a betting man, you'd probably pick them to one. Yep. Not inconceivable, they lose. I think you'd be hard-pressed if you're them. You've paid him. You're not going to unload him. You're you're not going to be drafting second, right? If you have four, they have three wins right now. Um, so you know, I think they'd be pretty hard pressed to like look at Bo Nix or Michael Penix and go, "Oh yeah, that guy's worth giving up Kyler Murray for." Especially if the new coaching staff, like he's you know he's been on good behavior and that kind of thing. Don't you think? I, yeah, I agree. I, I, if I was a betting man, Kyler Murray's going to be their quarterback next year for sure. New, I mean, New England's got three. Well, I mean, hell, three wins. Might be the two seed this the two the number two pick this year. Yeah. Well, will it be the three pick? What's Chicago's going to have their pick? Yeah. I mean, Chicago's. You know they Chicago's won. Out. How many wins they got? Five or six? Uh, five. Yeah. Yeah. So they're out of it. But they got they do have the number one pick. They got number one. But I watched a little bit of Carolina. They're terrible. They're they're a rough watch. It's 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 crazy when you watch around the league. And then you watch like the Niners play or this Eagle Dallas game or even just the Bills with Josh. I mean, there is just such a gap. You know, that's listen, Detroit, they'll have no chance to go outdoors and beat any team, but they, they do look dramatically different indoors. They're, they're just so, they're not, if they had to go on the road in the first round, they're going to lose, but they're going to host like the Rams or the Packers. That it's, I think a lot of people are going to bet against them. It's not inconceivable they just win like 35 to 28, you know, right? But then they'll lose the place is rocking. Yeah, it's just indoors. Like Jared's just not good outdoors. Chicago, sneaky playing pretty well right now. And the quarterback's playing well. Justin Fields. Runs around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Detroit's nine and four now. Somebody on the ch- Evan says uh, on the chat, how about Sean McDermott getting lucky that uh, Tony lined up offsides? Once again, his defense gave up a game-winning score. Uh, Was that the design of the play for Travis Kelsey to throw it back? I didn't see what Andy Reid said. It it wouldn't shock me if it's not necessarily the design of the play, but they had fucked around with it in practice, and he kind of knows. He's done that before, right? I mean, the the Chiefs have done not only design plays like that, but Travis Kelsey is freelance. Maybe he just looked over, saw him wide open. I just think he Travis Kelsey is probably one of the smartest players of all time. I think he gets fired on the tarmac lane style if he loses that game, given everything that happened this week. He's clearly against. It, it looked like he just like saw Jesus or something when he won. Like, oh, thank God! I, right. I, I, I felt bad for him when the play happened because I'm like, that, that, I don't think you could lose on a worse play. Like, that's how you're going to lose that play. Well, it's like team? on one hand, it's the worst play to lose on. On the other hand, how, you, you can't prepare for that. I know, but it, but but that that team has already beat you kind of like that before. Yeah. For them to do it again when you've been winning the whole game, it was a, can't, 
Chiefs it's, can't score. It was a hell of a throw by Kelsey. He had like a dude in his face as he's throwing back. High school quarterback. <laughs> That's right. Jason Jason was the center. Was Jason the center? Would you trade if you were you know, the Chiefs would definitely trade a first round pick for Brandon Ayuk. Yes. And they'd and have to they, pay him. Could they pay him? I think they could finagle it around. Depends on what they do with Chris Jones. And the Chiefs pick this year doesn't exactly look like it's going to be 31, right? So if, what if that pick's 23? I don't think – Again, I, I'm not advocating for it. You're I'm just, just asking if that situation – But you'd be able to get a first-rounder from somebody else, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's just, it's just something to monitor. It's just something to monitor. Trading him to the Chiefs is something to monitor? Well, no, no, no. I just mean the whole – the, the IU situation is going to be one of their biggest post-Super Bowl stories. Yeah. Are they just going to extend him? Post-Super Bowl stories. <laughs> <laughs> It's true <laughs> because one of the biggest off season stories in March is how does Kansas city get a playmaker? Right. And I, I would imagine they they'll double down. Like they'll sign Mike Evans to a cheaper, you know, a guy like that kind of an older guy that's like, come here, we'll win a super bowl and you're going to be a key reason. Mm-hmm. And then Andy will double down. They'll get bold and do something as well. Because this crew of characters as Travis ages is just like you watch the Niners and you watch the chiefs. It's like the fucking polar opposite teams. It's crazy. And they've got the Niners look like the Chiefs used to look during the right. Hill Kelsey day of just like Bunt and Hardeman. Just like, what is going on here? And the Niners are pitches and sweeps and screens and bombs and fucking trick plays. And it's crazy. Matt on the stream says, Oh, Dunze on the Chiefs would be fun. I mean, how are you going to have to go to? Yeah, it is interesting. There's multiple, you know, him and Marvin. There's two like, Big time. Well, I guess maybe there's three, right? The kid from Florida State. Big time receiver yeah. prospects in this draft. How high do you have to get to get one of them? You probably can get one of them. And could you get one at 13? Could 12? Maybe not. I don't know. But that's where the good news for the Chiefs. They're not. Well, I guess it doesn't matter if they were to win the Super Bowl, right? If but you even make if the playoff, it doesn't go by record. Well, what if they were one and done and their pick's 23? Yeah. Which is very on, very possible. You don't think they would hesitate to like trade next year's one to go from 23 to 10 to get a guy they wanted? I don't think they would hesitate. It'd be worth it. And get Coleman from Florida State or, you know, Harrison. I asked a scouting buddy about Harrison. Yeah. And this is why I think Ayuk is so valuable. It's like, you know, when you watch Ohio State, if you just watch a random game, he does not jump off the screen like Jamar Chase or Julio Jones or some of the guys over the years. And because, you know, their offense, especially when they play better teams, does not look like, Joe Burrow's LSU offense, right? Or Mac Jones's Alabama offense, where it's just bombs away and he gets a couple touchdowns every game. Like, what's his deal? They're like, he's just good at everything. He's just really good at everything. But he hangs his hat on just basically elite ball skills and getting open with ease. And that is a huge translator, right? To just success. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean there's no guarantee that he's a Hall of Famer, right? But it does guarantee your floor. Because, right, Ayuk is a good example of, He's never going to be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. When it's all said and done, unless he gets to somewhere else, he's probably not even going to rattle off that many Pro Bowls. But you're going to be like, that fucking guy could play. Yeah. He's going to get make a lot of money. Amari Cooper is a good example. He's It almost feels like he underachieves, but you look up at the stats, and he's going to have 12, 13 years of just every year, 80, 85, 9, boom, boom. Even today, you're throwing the Browns like, easy catch Amari Cooper. He's just good. He's good. And Ayuk's I- got more shit to him than Amari. Like Amari never feels like, does Amari want to fight this guy? Like Ayuk will get up in your grill. 
which is everything the 49ers like. Like, yeah, no wonder they like Lenore. I'm like, I, I could see it. Right. I didn't even know he had that in him. It's hard. To, it's hard to act like that when you're bad, which most young DBs kind of are. So yeah. if you do, everyone thinks you're kind of a clown. So maybe he just kind of waited till he kind of feels confident, and now he's just true colors are coming out. I would say this for Ambry Thomas. Like he's taking a lot of shit. He's he doesn't start getting to the middle of the fights like Diamondo Lenore. But for a guy that's taking a lot of shit, he just he seems to like pop back up every time, right? And compete. Like he was all over the plate at DK. DK yeah, now, that's kind of been the early the early returns on him. Remember, like being in the guy's hip wasn't the problem. It was once the ball was in the air. But split second away. I, th- I thought that yeah. was just a good throw. Probably just a good throw. You tip your hat. NFL. Yeah, I just counted up. Nine teams in the AFC are eight and five or seven and six. It's wild. The three seed to the quarterback injuries. Yeah. So uh, Rams, I kind of think the Rams are going to, if I was watching them today thinking they were going to make the playoffs and they lost the game and whatever, and the Packers get to play the Giants on Monday night. But what would be interesting is a little reverse from a couple years ago. What if, depending how it plays out, the Niners have to win to get the one seed and the Rams have to win to make the playoffs week, whatever that is, 18. Ooh. Which I would say is on the table, potentially, because Minnesota won today. Three nothing. Did they? <laughs> they won. Yeah, they won. Oh. So I I would imagine that. I think that game's shaping up to mean something. Which would be cool. I mean... It's going to be, I mean, the the chance that the Niners have the one seed wrapped up that week is probably slim to none. Uh, as we're, do you want to make a call right now? It's 17 to three. Uh, Philly has a habit of trailing at the half. There's a minute 52 left in the game. As we're, so if you're listening to this after the fact or watching this later, you'll, you'll know what we don't know. Do the Cowboys finish this? They cannot lose this game. Guys. You can't be up <laughs> 17 to three. And I would fire, I would fire McCarthy if he lost this game. All the hype, you come out, you're kicking their ass, you're peppering the quarterback, Seven, even if it's 17-6. You cannot have a double-digit lead going into halftime and, and lose. It can't, can't I, happen. Did you Speaking of firing guys in the middle of the year, did you see the tweet today? Some fan was like, I guess the Panthers OC is named Thomas Brown? Yeah, Ram guy. Tweet today? No. And fans like, Thomas Brown deserves to be fired. His wife replies, he did get fired, but somebody has to stay around to call the plays. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> so has he been told like you're not coming back? Clearly, right? Or maybe his would he? Well, he wouldn't be on a. He would have another. All these assistants have two year contracts. Is that usually how it works for those guys? Uh I, I sometimes they get three. You know, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of good assistants get three year contracts. Now it's you, risky because sometimes if you don't like it. It's hard because these guys are getting offered so much money. So they say three years, $3 million guaranteed. How do you turn that down? No, I, I, I want to be flexible. But there's no way he was on a one-year deal, right? It was Frank's first year. So he was he at least has multiple years left on his contract. Well, one of the stories I read. No is, coach is walking in next year and like retaining the OC from this team. No, they're all done. They're all done. Sorry, what were you going to say? You saw. Uh, oh, Tepper told Frank to hire a bunch of coaches that you don't know to get different ideas. Like he didn't know Thomas Brown. Like he knew McCown and Deuce Daly, but a lot of the guys were just, he wanted to do like a, like you would in a normal company, like get this guy, get this guy. So I think when you do that, Thomas Brown left the Rams. 
I mean, there's a chance that they gave him 100% a three or who knows four. I mean, when Tepper hired all these guys, he's probably thinking these guys are going to be there for a while. And invest in your quarterback with high level coaches. Yeah. Wow. Tight ends coach, assistant head coach for the, uh, and running backs coach for the Rams. He'd been on the Rams for three years. Yeah. Straight out of college. He'd been nothing but a college coach before that. He started his career as Georgia's strength and conditioning coach in 2011. Well, I think he played there, right? Uh, he played in the NFL. He's from Georgia. Played at Georgia. Oh, this is the running back, Thomas Brown. Yeah, he's a, played in the league for a little while. High yeah. level guy. I watched a press conference. Either when they hired him or in the offseason, I was like, this guy's I see why this guy's impressive. Yeah. Anyway, didn't intend to talk about the uh, Panthers today. All right. You know, the Niners just, it's too easy. It feels like the, you know, 73 win wars is too easy. I mean, it was one of the, today was a rare NFL game where it did, you know, kind of interesting early, then got interesting again after the IU fumble, but not really because you look, you're like, are they really, they're down two scores. Are they really going to score twice and keep stopping the Niners? No. I, never had, I, never had I didn't have faith they were going to get first downs once they got Ayuk. I, I should have just let Ayuk score. I'm trying to goose these numbers. I don't think he was. I texted Dickinson. I, he said he wasn't no. going to score on that play. No, no, no. They're, I couldn't tell guys. like where that defender was coming from. It was a scoring drive. They were scoring a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. He was – Kyle was trying to give it to Pete. How about – see, that was the other thing. I thought he was going to keep – and he did. He threw the ball to IU. He was not just going to sit on the ball. Maybe he's trying to pad Purdy's numbers a little bit. I do think you got to be careful when you're playing a team with like incredible wide receivers. Yeah. At any moment, DK Metcalf can take 180 yards. You're missing Charvarius on the sideline. So you just, one of your young corners runs into it. You know, something weird happens. Remember it happened, uh, what was it, Dallas on Thursday Night Football? Like their first play of the game, DK took like 80. I just think you got to be careful when you got. Sweet wide receivers on the other team. All it takes is one bomb from Locke. Locke's like the poor man, Zach Wilson. (laughs) But like better at some, just like being standing in the pocket and trying to make something happen. He's not, he's not a. Did you watch the Jets? I saw Schrager tweet like impressive day from Zach Wilson today. Well, he had an incredible third quarter. I mean, they were, it was zero, zero at halftime. They, they had gone punt, 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 halftime. I mean, it was not. He had he just got they had some sweet plays. I mean, they had a stretch that like saved their season, hacking going like this in the booth. He makes sweep when he's on, you just go, God, this guy's really talented. He he made multiple drives where you just go, That guy is really good at quarterback. Honestly, he's got to be kicking yourself if you're a Jets fan. You're like, what the fuck is with this guy? Because he's got the elite skills. Elite. Like, even Locke. Like Locke is very talented. You know, think about Locke. He's bigger than Purdy. He's stronger than Purdy. He's got a much bigger arm than Purdy. Like played he's in the SEC. Played in Missouri. Like people thought. I, I remember Jim Nagy was banging, but during his time they were an SEC team. I mean, right? they're a top fifteen team this year. Yeah, top he, ten he, actually. They were banging the table. Like this guy had all the quote unquote physical skills. No, I just mean a lot of people like around the draft. He's oh, your Jim classic Nagy. Jim Nagy got it. But he wasn't alone. You know, Locke's probably closer to 6'3 than he is 6'1. He's yeah. thick. He's got a big arm. If you just watch him at some, I'm sure some point. compete. Yeah. I just think some maturity. And clearly there's there's an innate 
kind of instinct with Purdy that he does not have. And calmness almost. Yeah. Like that play where he crosses the line of scrimmage, like that's that can happen in high school. Right in his face as he turned around. I was like, oh, in slow-mo, like, oh no. (laughs) The camera's right there. His facial expression on that one was pretty funny. Yeah, (laughs) this is what you get. This is that was like the highlight of the game for for him. I mean, the, the ball he did throw to DK. Now, first drive the game, whatever, is just beautiful pass. Yeah, but then the pick that Jair Brown intercepted, the interception was like, uh, he cut the ball loose. I'm like, oh, here we go, bomb. And then it was like underthrown. Yeah, terrible. Would you even want him to be your backup quarterback? No. Like, I bet Kyle wouldn't like him. I would not because, like, my backup quarterback's got to be more operational. Like, we're just, we are, I'm going to hold your hand through this game. Don't screw anything up. And he's out there, which is, I mean, I get the talent he has. He had that ball on the run. He threw it a lock. It was a really nice throw, but. Your backup quarterback, well, I don't think, should be like dynamic playmaker first and foremost. Well, let's face it. I mean, they kind of fell into Geno, who was on their team, and he got better when he became the starter than he'd ever been. Took they, Locke's when job. They, when they traded for the, with the Broncos, they liked Locke. Because right. I'm telling you, I'm talking about Jim Nagy. What grade do you think John Snyder had on him? Oh, first. He <laughs> 100%. He's like, I didn't get Josh Allen, but now we got a ton. And obviously, they hope they could kind of figure him out. And they can't. He looks... Maybe a little better than he did in Denver, but yeah, they they wanted him to be the starter. They were hoping they kind of going to strike oil, right? They were hoping they would get Geno with him. It's kind of funny. It's the second time it's happened to that franchise. What? That the guy that they signed Matt Flynn and then like just got beat out immediately. Some teams just luck into it. I mean, the Niners. Like name one. (laughs) (laughs) And some teams are constantly like aggressively like. Andy, Michael Vick, and then they draft Hurts. Well, right. they got Wentz, and they're signing Foles. Like, they're just being aggressive. Kevin like, Cobb. Yeah, we'll just see what – yeah, trade for him. Or they drafted him high in the second round. The Niners are like, yeah. We'll Howie, they, they got they, – they got uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Hartman. Oh, Bradford. Bradford. They, they just – they're the Eagles are a very good example, and they, they are open to talk about this. We're a quarterback organization. So we're just boom, boom. If I told you this year – they draft the dude in the fourth round, like 100%. Like they will just keep investing in that position because it's the Ron Wolf way of doing it, which is a little weird. Andy hasn't done it in Kansas City. The Niners is like, yeah, we kind of like them, so we took them. Good guy. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if in KC they're just like, we, we just need to take as many shots at supporting cast as we can, and we'll just blame Gabbard it, whatever. Yeah. You know, we'll, uh, that's, what they're, that's what they're going to do. Which is honestly what I would do if I was them too. Yeah. We need a guy that if Mahomes misses a season, we all understand the season's over. But if he misses two games, can we at minimum go one one and one? And if I'm a good enough coach, we can win these two games depending right. on our opponents. Right. That's the way they look at it. Yeah. I mean, the Niners I, went to a the Niners went to a season with obviously they drafted Trey Lance, rightfully so. So he was going to be the starter of the second year. With Sudfeld and uh the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. <laughs> I mean this the way this is all landed, I, it's just they, they should thank their lucky stars on a daily basis because this is football. Wait, did you mention Garoppolo fell in their lap? Yeah, well, I'm saying the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, just him on yeah, the yeah. corner. And yeah. then just, you know, they, they would have traded him if anyone would have been like, hey, here's a third. He would have been gone, but no one would bite. And they're like, hey, Jimmy, you just want to stick around? No, I mean, the first time he fell in their lap. Oh, would Bill just call him like on the way to work? phone call. <laughs> Who's this you guys have number? six hours to call me back. Remember that? Yeah. They didn't initiate. Bill called them. The one time they tried to go X's and O's, they ended up trading the guy to the Cowboys after two and a half years. 
So <laughs> it's just times better be looking good. Yeah. All right. On that note, anything else to add today? I'll tell you this. The, here's the one thing I was thinking about. If they could somehow wrap up the one seed by the Rams game, then we get one Sam Darnold game for all the money. I don't think he'd start him though. Do you? you don't think he'd sit him if the one seed was wrapped up week eighteen? Because you get then he gets two weeks off. Then you, yeah, you'd have to give Brock two weeks off. Would you give Trent that week off? Yeah, I mean, I think that you treat your theory is if you if you don't let if Trent doesn't play, Brock doesn't play. If yeah, but Trent's not the Trent, Trent has not played and Brock played. I, I think Trent gets treated it's a little different. different. I could see Bosa. I could see Kittle. I could see a deal where they give him like preseason knee. I still think he would play. Maybe um just because I, I don't think you can risk coming out really slow in the, in that second you know yeah. second week of the yeah. playoffs. Everyone's like, why'd you do this? I do think you, if you were wrapped up. You were not going to be the one seed, but you knew you were going to be the two seed. That you would do, you would do the Sam Darnold. You would, you know, bench them all. I don't think one seed with Purdy. My guess is Kyle would not. Do you think honestly? Play, you, I think you'd like play McCaffrey. Well, yeah, McCaffrey's playing. <laughs> McCaffrey's getting thirty tugs. How about just give Mason some run? He looks pretty good to me. McCaffrey's I mean, on a seventy-two yard sprint. Mason gets a carry. <laughs> Christian, are you sure? Christian, take a deep breath. Get Christian some goddamn water. I, Mason, hold up. Time out. Time Christian, out. Time you, out. Time out. Let's use, yeah, let's use one here. Christian, <laughs> can you breathe? Can you breathe? Like, Is it too soon to use a timeout here? The moment he ran for the seventy-three, like Kyle, you, he's got hundred in the bag. Just mix the other kid in a little bit. Just get him some reps. I was shocked, John, when I saw Jordan Mason. I thought McCaffrey was going to stay on the field. He had to be really gassed, and rightfully so. Kyle, the, I'm sure. Uh, Iceman, a five spot to say, happy holidays. Middle cough ability to switch live podcasts so quickly is elite. Goat, goat emoji. There you go. I just press a button, and I'm here. <laughs> What's up with your fiber? I got to call you those have to guys switch studios. Have I have I been choppy? No, I was just asking. I'm just curious what your speeds are. They haven't. I got to get the install fiber guy to come. Uh, the Niners broke the Eagles. I, I, you know, look, it's 17 to six. Those of you listening to this in the future know what happens. Sirianni does. I don't have a lot of faith in Sirianni, but I do not have a ton of faith. Although they might score again here before the half. So in McCarthy, if they score here and it's 24 to six. That would be even way worse than when I first split second. I thought it was going to be 17 3 at half. You cannot, not, not win this game if you're up 24 to 6, correct? Well, if they don't score here, they lose. This would be 20 hard. to 6, so they'd be too. Yeah, you got to score here. Jerry knows it. <laughs> um, uh, you, well, what would you, if you were the Niners, would you rather, let's say you're the one seed, would you rather get Philly or Dallas in the NFC Championship? Well, you know, the Eagles, even if they lose this game, are still leading the division. Leading the division. Yeah, they'd Touchdown. be 10 and three, and Dallas would be 10 and three. They would have split the head to head, so then it would go to the conference record. Yeah. And the Eagles schedule, Jerry's happy. Say this listen, the big guy takes a lot of shit. He's having a pretty fucking good year. Well, his team never saw. You talking about McCarthy? Yeah. I mean, oh, again, sure. he's, he, I'm talking about McCarthy. He's, yeah. Because he's talked about, right? He's not like some middle of the road coach. He's, he's a playoff level guy. Yeah. So that's, you're comparing him to, 
Kyle, McVeigh, exactly. Andy, yep. Harbaugh. He's a legitimate upper half, top 10 NFL coach, right? And he's been that for he's a good. long time. And I, I've talked to guys who played for him who really like him. Like, I think people like playing for him. I think Aaron has been pretty adamant since. Like, I didn't have – like, I don't think he hated him. I just I just wonder if it's one of those you're just around long enough that you just start butting heads with the guy you're working for. And McCarthy probably butted heads – you know, kind of was just a two-way street. Because it feels like most of the Packer guys – Not just feel like Coach and Aaron were like buddy buddies. That just might be the deal with Aaron, Right. Yeah, I just, I, I just feel like, have you ever heard any Packer guy like McCarthy was a loser? Like, it all feels like no. a crew of guys that played for yeah. him for like 12, 15 years like the guy. Eagles are in trouble here. I'll tell you this. That building, because it was like, oh, they're running out of gas, right? So the Niners took advantage of them. Well, then they lose. Well, how do they get the, how do they refill the gas? They got to play the Cowboys on the road. You kind of didn't really have a chance to take a deep breath. Yep. Now the big game is going to be Dallas against Buffalo. Because D- Dallas could kind of knock Buffalo's hopes, right? You beat them, they- they'd be in some trouble, seven and seven, depending on how you know they- they'd be still against the eight ball. But Dallas- if Buffalo go, if Buffalo wins that game, all of a sudden Buffalo would have some serious life. Philly's got Seahawks, Giants, Cardinals, Giants, right? A lot of wins there. Probably. Dallas has Buffalo, Miami coming up the next two weeks. Philly does play Seattle on Monday Night Football in Seattle next week. Yeah, next week. They also play the Lions. They go Bills, Dolphins, Lions coming up. Who? At home, Dallas. Where's that Lions game? In Dallas. Where's the Buffalo game? In Buffalo. Miami games in Miami. Commanders game at the end of the year is in Washington. Cowboys got an incredible schedule. Like difficult. But just awesome. I mean, those have got to be some of the best games of the day, right? What, What time are all these games? Buffalo, Miami are, are 125 games. And then uh, the Detroit game, is that a Monday night or a Sunday night? The Detroit game is a Saturday night game. Saturday night. What's the date? Uh, December. It must be the 30th. December 30th. Yeah. Jets, Cleveland that day and, and Cowboys, Lions. Because there's no really there's no New Year's Monday. That's why there's no Monday Night Football on New Year's Day. I wonder why. College football game. Yeah, I mean, but when does the NFL go? You guys can have that. They've done it for the college football weekend, but I guess the college football weekend has been on Saturday or Friday, right? Yeah, it feels like it. Kind of weird that they did that. Maybe they just say we'll just dominate Saturday. Don't forget, Chris. You, 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 if you do that. In fairness, you're in business with ESPN, right? ESPN is your Monday night partner. It is going to hurt your ratings. You'll still win, but it would definitely. You yeah. just gave me some random Miami Patriot game, or just you know, it's the likelihood it's just the best game of the weekend is probably hit or miss. Yeah, and then you're going up against the slate that they're going up against. It's probably just the right move. Just fucking do an enormous number on Saturday. Is it Saturday get- ESPN? Uh, I don't have that in front of me, but I can tell you. Because I got Saturday, yeah, ABC. So it's so they just moved Monday Night Football to that Saturday. Is the other game on NFL Network that day then? Jets Browns. Just oh, to yeah. like you put, you just float a game out there so people are aware, like, oh shit, there's NFL today, and then they check their phone app, you know. 
They've done that move, though, I feel like the last several yeah, years. Right. Yeah. And then we've got the Christmas weekend, which the Niners obviously play on Monday, Christmas Day. There's uh, two Friday games that week. But the real story is Thursday night football this week. Do you know what it is? Easton Stick at Aiden O'Connell. God, that's bad. Because people think Herbert's going to miss the game. Short week, hurt hand. Chargers, man. I, 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 I would just leave Los Angeles. Like, it's it's over. It's Back not to San over. Diego? Go play at the Aztecs' new stadium? Yeah, I would I would leave. They had a lot of Broncos fans today. Did you see that? It felt like a lot of white up there, for sure. So instead of kicking Staley out, you move everybody out, and then Staley shows up to work, and there's nobody there. Yeah, it could do. He that. Just goes back to work for McVeigh. Doesn't have to change. It's, it's just never gonna. It's never gonna work. You, you just there. There is not enough people that are ever remote to me. Steve Ballmer, if you had a redo, he should have moved him to Vegas or Seattle. Like you just, there's no point in being that second fiddle in that town. Just like the Bay Area teams did have more fans, but the way the economics and the the just everything played out like it was over. It's done. They cannot survive. Well, the Giants also had like a 25-year head start on the A's, right, in terms of just who was in the market. They had that too. Like they had yeah. way more fans. And then they were much better. But like the A's did have a period where they had a legitimate did. amount of fans in the Bay Area. Yeah. Like the Chargers yeah. did not have L.A. fans. They don't have in San Diego either. But they had more. It, it would, you, But you get to dominate the market. That's right. Yeah, I agree. All right. On that note, Mike Otani, huh? Otani. Oh, Otani. Otani. Yeah, Otani. Uh, all right. On that note, peace. Later, everybody. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.